The breakup we've been expecting is finally here. Plus, Nerese getting that insider scoop. Everyone is wearing eye patches like everyone. A fun daily that I would have liked more of. New alliances may be forming, but the same folks' names are still being said. And after long, long last, the true face of the franchise is back. Cara Maria is here. And maybe losing to the new face of the franchise. Suck it, Michelle haters. It's the challenge. Battle for a new champion episode 12 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge Universe. We are here to document it. I am your dedicated host, and I got that mixed up for the first time in a very long time, 200 and some episodes in. You'd think I would nail this intro, but I do not. I am your dedicated historian and host, or however I end up saying it, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me this evening to recap the long-awaited return of one Cara Maria. She's here. The face of the franchise is back to go against the new potential face of the franchise, whether you like it or not. I like it. Some of you don't. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. Episode 12, Be Fank, Battle for a New Champion. That's what we are here to discuss. Quick disclaimer, we're using the brand new wireless microphone this evening because that is the only thing available outside of the computer microphone itself. So I don't totally know that this is going to sound the same or sound great or horrible or somewhere in between. So in case it is on the not as good as usual side, my bad. But uh, we're just, you know, we're trying out some of the new equipment here. And also we uh, only have the new equipment here in-house because everything else ended up at the office. None of this matters to you, but I just had to, as a, as a producer and an editor in my day job, I had to mention it just in case the audio wasn't ideal at the end. We are here, of course, to discuss episode 10. BFANG program reminders before we begin. There really isn't any at this point. We've entered the new year, 2024. Welcome to it. And uh, it's just BFANG. All January long, Survivors in the Books. Tony and I finally were able to put together our finale recap, our season awards. So Survivor lovers out there, make sure if you have not already, go check that out. But it is now just BFANG for the foreseeable future here at Challenge Historian. We will be giving you more than just recaps this year. I promise you we're going to start delivering on some of the things that have been started and stopped in the past, some of the things that have been promised or expected but not yet happened in the past. We're going to give you more in this year. It just won't quite be in the month of January. Just be frank recaps coming at you for the foreseeable future. As for the agenda for this evening, full walk through the episode, a lot to talk about from every section of the episode, so we're not skipping a thing. Walk through the episode, awards and predictions as always. And with that, thanks as always for being here at Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to chat, challenge, hit follow, subscribe wherever you are listening or watching. Let's dive in. Be Fank, episode 12. Cara Marie is back. Here we go. We start with the opening house segment, and there is a couple quick things to discuss before one bigger thing to discuss. The big thing is the thing that we've been waiting on for weeks over here at Challenge Historian HQ. First, a couple small things, though. One, Zara and Wes should have been world champions, okay? They got really unlucky. This is proven more later in the episode when she is a part of a winning daily challenge team. Yet again, 
Um, but and that gets her to five daily challenges on the season outside of, you know, not counting the ones where they were all as a team in the early days of this show way, way months ago. You remember that time? Um, but she now has five by the end of this episode. And she's talked about as the big threat in the house because she is. She is the best, the biggest threat on the female side without a doubt. And it would be a clear, clear favorite to win if this was not a season that we've been told was only one winner, where now she's just kind of one of the two or three people that have risen above the rest versus the only one on the female side that we're looking at is like the true favorite to win. So she's still a favorite, just not the single favorite because the house isn't divided in half as we're used to seeing. But uh, her and Wes, it just Wes, Wes was spot on and choosing her as the partner and signaling out that she was, you know, was the threat that she is and was the badass that she is and the athlete that she is. And it's been proven now. And if not for a random who can hold weight up longest contest between her and Casey, who is the last one of the last people I would want to go against in that contest, male or female, um, you know, they were the favorites to win that show up until that point in my mind. And I just wanted to reflect on the fact that now she's dominating so much on this season that, uh, yeah, that team, that team was special and got knocked out as any great team could do by a random elimination where it's just there's a random weakness or just a one single advantage from the other side that's better than your advantage and boom you're out of the game even if you were the team that would have smoked a final smoked a final those two together my goodness anyways so that's just a random small thing another small thing michelle saying she could have stepped in versus laurel I did chuckle a little bit. I'm sure a bunch of people got a reaction. The As we'll talk later in the episode, there's Michelle's polarizing figure in the challenge fandom community, it seems at this point. You know where I stand. Love her to death. She's my favorite. But uh, I did even have a little chuckle when she said I could have stepped in versus Laurel, but like, why would I have done that? Whatever. That's one of those moments, though, once I, and once I hit commercial break and I thought about it for like a half a second, it was like, you've got to remember, they live their lives 24-7 without... Any communication in the outside world, phones, any distractions, anything. 24-7, they're just sitting around talking to each other, talking about the game. At this point, weeks in, they're like, we don't have anything more I want to talk about with you. So other than just like game stuff, they're going to say random things. We see 1% of what actually occurs. And uh, so it's not that crazy that she says this. It's not nearly as crazy as it seems in the moment, um, because eventually you just run out of things to say. So that's just my little defense of Michelle saying that thing that made me laugh a little bit. Norris, though, then gets the Zoom call back home to her mom and family members. And first and foremost, is this the best screen monitor Zoom call home situation that these people can get? Are we serious right now? Like the couch looks plenty comfortable enough, whatever. Don't need any big upgrade there. But it's the tiniest little monitor sticking up off this like janky looking little pole off the side of a, a table that's not really a table. I'm just like, it seems like we could, we pay for a lot of fireworks and semi trucks and helicopters and, and all the rest. And this big, beautiful house to begin with. Can we not, I know there, you know, there's no TVs in this place, but like, can we wheel in a pretty big TV for this one instance? So the calls home can be a little, a little better than this. I don't know if that just stuck out to me. I never really realized it's always like this. This was one of those moments where I was like, it's always like this. It just, for some reason in this instance really stuck out that like, man, seems like they could upgrade that setup, but she gets the call home. She finds out from family that uh, Olivia may be talking some shit about her. And I was like, wait a minute, how do they know this? Olivia is still in the game. 
Yes, Olivia, as I witnessed in person at a Challenge Mania, and we've all witnessed online since the filming of this season, there's been some shit talked on all sides of the season 38 girls equation here, and uh, certainly on the Olivia and Darice sides of things, but like, they're both still in the game. How did these people know this? Um, and it just led me to believe, like, I don't know, <laughs> safely message me, don't, don't spoil nothing, don't, don't cross any lines here, but send me a DM if you're someone that is very active on, you know, the spoiler, wherever, you know, the pink roses are in all of them, gamer vibes out there, you're reading every word they put out, every tweet they put out, reading all the spoiler sites, the whole thing, um, because are they of the level now? They go so deep that they've got like confessional info being spilled out. I know they have, you know, the moment it happens, elimination results and the whole thing, but like, they knew it's it's out there on the internet as they are filming that Olivia's talking shit. Uh, and that is so prevalent that her family, Narisa's family members are seeing it and able to share it. Or were they going off something that came from before the season? I don't know. Uh, I, was, I was a little confused by that moment, but it leads to the beginning of the breakup that we knew was coming because we have seen all of that animosity brewing on social media and at live events and whatnot between the airing of the, or the filming of the season and the airing of the season. We knew this was coming. It's finally here. Nerys and Horacio on one side, Olivia on the other. Olivia is not happy with Horacio kind of, you know, icing her out a little bit, not really acting like a ride or die. That's for sure. Although he is still, we'll talk about it in a minute, not saying her name and kind of in a weird way, defending her and, you know, keeping her safe, but She's not happy about it. There's some insecurity there. There's some jealousy there. There's a lot of emotions wrapped up there for Olivia. And I feel for Olivia. I really do. Uh, as I've mentioned a few, the last couple of episodes, I alluded to once and then I just said outright, I'm not the, a huge fan. Uh, there was a lot of folks that were big fans of her after Ryder dies. Deservedly so. Again, badass for what she went through and you know went through it the way she did and everything just unbelievable uh so shout out to her for that i just what you know wasn't confident that me and her if we were just people that met in real life would you know vibe have a lot to talk about be be good friends or everything but i do feel for her in this in instance and later in the episode when we learn some of the confidence issues she shares of like did i you know how deserving was i last season how much was it him everyone you know talks about how great he is so did he just like get me there whatever i've had confidence issues. Believe me, we all have in some form or fashion, had a bunch myself, Tef definitely empathized with her in that moment and was glad, you know, well, I didn't totally agree with Jay's, uh, you know, read of the situation from last season. I was glad that he was able to, you know, talk her back up and like, whoa, 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 don't, don't be down on yourself for no reason here. That was all good. Um, I think Horacio should have at least sent her a message or something before that he was going to be on the season. Like, Hey, are you on? Oh my God. Amazing. Uh, especially if he actually is again, the whole, the, the only part that is strange is that he is like that. I'm never voting for her locked in. She is my number one, no matter what in confessional and all that other stuff um, makes it stranger that he didn't give any, any, a message, anything. So I get all that, but it still is comes off in the, the the interactions we're seeing between her and Narice, especially of like some jealousy, some insecurity. And so I empathize with her, but I get where Horacio and now Narice are coming from and why they're maybe like, mm, eh, maybe we don't, maybe we don't, our alliance is pretty big. Maybe we don't need her to be a part of it.
Then we've got the daily challenge. The daily challenge is really great. Really great, really great, really great, really great. I loved it. Every bit of it. I just wish there could have been more. I know there isn't really, I, they could have maybe done this when what? There's like 20? No, I don't even know. Teams of three, when there's, I guess, 20, all of them were there. I don't know. I don't know when they would have been able to do this before and had even teams and like an even bracket. But I just wish we would have got more rounds. The three rounds of it doesn't seem like a lot, um, but it was still so fun and I loved every second of it. Now, they put arguably the three best athletes in the house on the same team. And uh, I know who cares if they're short, who cares if they're short, that short is potentially a benefit in this as we, you know, learn over and over. If you know how to use it in things, you know, leverage and all this stuff, it can be a benefit to be tall, it can be a benefit to be short, you need to know how to use it. It's mostly just a benefit to be really strong and a good athlete, whether you're six foot six, as Corey and James are made out to be. And I think Corey actually is, I don't know, he's got to at least be like six, three, six, four, at least it's so hard with heights and challenge houses. You're like, well, you could be six, two and look like you're six, 12, which isn't a real number, but I just said it anyways. But uh, yes, those three Zara, Ed and Horacio on one team and Berna's no, no slouch herself, but Zara and Horacio are probably the three best athletes in the house. So them on a team is going to dominate barring a Corey or maybe the combo of James and Mariah on the same team. I still, I don't, I, I don't think they're just for show muscles. Like we, and Mariah's in the gym every day and she's got some muscle on the lower body. So I was like, maybe James plus Mariah it could, could win this. Maybe Corey, it, if he gets the leverage right, or if the team gets the strategy right, as far as the spinning and everything, they are just have the weight and the strength and it's weight because of the muscle mass and the strength. Maybe they could get this done, but when they, you know, and it's them themselves, Ed and Horacio and them saying, you know, we're the underdogs. I was like, no, you're not. You're the favorites. You're the favorites. What are you talking about? You have Zara, Ed and Horacio. You're the favorites here. And they prove to, to be the best ones in this situation and they get the win. I wonder afterwards with the deliberation, very interesting what is not said and what is not even said like in confessional or anything else. I wonder if it's going to come up next episode or not, because I think we are headed for the Nerissa and Horacio uh, versus Olivia, like it really, really coming to blows, not physical blows, but you get what I'm saying. Next episode, I wonder if Horacio will get the credit for not saying Olivia at all in this discussion, because Narice and Olivia are the only two people that the other two women in their group say are basically available. Um, I forget exactly how it goes down. Berna says, you know, I'm not saying Colleen. I'm not saying Michelle. And Zara says, I'm not saying Raven. And I'm not saying Mariah. And so they've left on the table in that moment then, Narice and Olivia, as those are the two people that are neither of the women in the group on a women's day are worried about saying and both guys kind of just, Ed and Horacio are both kind of just like, mm, okay, well, I can do the math, but I'm not going to say the two names that they haven't said. I'm instead just going to start poking and prodding and seeing which of you two will join us in voting for the person the other one doesn't want. And they eventually get to Colleen. And I mean, that is, that in my mind, that's credit for Horacio, who didn't even like consider the fact of, you know, like, well, they didn't say these two names. And like, one of them is my girlfriend. The other one is my ride or die, but like, I don't know, we wanted to shake things up. We wanted to go against this alliance that's maybe working against us. So he could have done that. Um, and I know he wouldn't have it in him to just, uh, there's no way, Horacio is way too nice. 
way too nice. There is no way his shot at the majority alliance was going to be at Olivia in this moment, at least maybe in the future, who knows, but not in this moment. If he would have though, man, man, can you imagine the reaction that would have got? Back at the house then, and Colleen's list is really helpful. I'm glad we get a list. Lists get a bad name in the challenge house. There's so many more of them that exist that we don't see. I'm glad, I'm glad she wrote one. And I'm glad I love, I love the just single, you know, the initial for to lay it out, make it nice, smooth. They should have had it on the screen longer in case you didn't pause it and look it over. I will give you an update. The list that she had written out that so clearly lays out the dynamic of the house beautifully, and I really appreciate it, was Michelle, Olivia, Narice, and Jay in the middle, middle column. Those four, super safe, super duper safe. And then on one side of them, they had Asaf, Colleen, Berna, and Emmanuel, plus Corey and Ed, which I, I didn't totally understand why Corey and Ed, but I think it was just from Colleen's you know, point of view. She was definitely working with Berna and Emmanuel Asaf, and I think that was who was in the room during this. And then Corey and Ed were like on their side, but not in their core four or the main core four, so I get it. And then the other side of the equation was Mariah, James, Rasio, Kyland, plus Raven and Zara. And so you had this faction of four in the middle who was basically good with everyone. You had a faction of four on one side, four on the other, another twosome and twosome that are more or less on one side, not the other and it just set up the house beautifully. We're perfectly divided. Something's got to go down here. Her only missing piece, though, that we then get, you know, uh, a, even we've, we've been aware of, but we get a lot of through the rest of the episode then is Asaf. I guess somehow, I don't know. I'm going to need, I'm going to need to ask some cast members to clarify this, maybe him himself to clarify this. Uh, I, I don't know. He seems like someone who would respond to a DM, but, um, how, does no one know Jay and Asaf are best friends at this point? Do they not realize that Asaf is like he's, they say when they do the little, you know, Fantastic Four meetups with Nerys, uh, Michelle, Jay, and Asaf, that like no one can know about this. No one does know about this. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, I get that no one, no one, it makes sense that no one would realize Nerys is as close to Jay and Michelle as actually anyone in the house, that Jay and Michelle at the core it really is Nerys and Asaf and not like Nerys, Asaf, Olivia, uh, and a couple others, you know, like on equal footing, but it's actually like, these are the real four, but the Asaf part doesn't make sense. Like that. They really think that like Colleen, Berna and Emmanuel really think like Asaf's just kind of like one of the folks hanging on at the bottom with us. You know, he's no better than Corey, Ed, any of us three, might not even be better than other people on their side. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so I'm interested to find out after the fact if they really were in the dark on that part, but that's the only thing she had missing. The vote then does go chalk, even though as Michelle lays out, she's she lays it out very well. They have seven votes on their side. There's 16 people left in the house. Only 12 of them are in on the vote. So they do have the numbers seven to five to win this vote, no matter what. But it only take, would it take one of those seven people standing up and saying something, wanting to get a little frisky to maybe turn the tides a little. And I'm I'm impressed at this point. I got to say, I'm really impressed with Mariah specifically that there wasn't a tide turn here last week, like at any point of like, hey, like you are playing both sides. You, your boyfriend is on the other side of this thing. So like, yes, you've been loyal to us, but like, we know if it comes down to it, you're going to be pretty torn. And so it feels like it wouldn't be that hard for a, one person of those seven to flip, um, but they're not going to. And so we get the chalk vote. 
And we finally got to get their next episode, though. It's got to happen next episode. I can't take another episode of the house is flipping. The house is flipping. I swear it's gonna. I need it to actually flip. We got to see it. And I think we're for sure going to see it in some form or fashion next episode. Whether that even means like that might mean Horacio going in, who is at this part, you know, kind of on this on this uprising side versus the core alliance or whatever. But uh, whether it's him or Jay, next episode, it's a guy. I need to see, I need to see one of the kind of leaders of one of the sides get called out here. I enjoyed Corey's honesty as the only one who of those seven at least spoke to the fact that like, I'm aware that I'm playing scared in his words. I'm aware that I'm being a bit of a pussy about this, what have you. So I respect that. And I also respect Raven who just continues to just, my goodness, give her a five season contract right now. Number one draft pick in my mind. Anyone I get to draft anyone to be, to sign like a five season deal the next five season, wherever the hell they take place. I don't care what network they're on, what they're called, anything. Raven might be my number one pick right now. She is amazing. I love her. She just grows in my estimation every single week. And I was also very impressed that she was astute in like Corey, you know, there's a version of that conversation that after Corey both says, you know, like I'm playing scared, but I am going to vote for you. And not that it would have probably impacted anything by that point of the vote, but you know, it, it continues the onslaught on Raven, but then afterwards talking to her one-on-one, there's a version of that where Raven's like, well, then why were you scared? Like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Like, don't, don't tell, tell me that you agree with me, even though you just did the other thing. Like, I don't want to hear any of this. Like there's a version of that conversation that can go that way. And it wouldn't really benefit anyone. It would probably feel nice for Raven to continue like, just being able to vent and like yell at someone or whatever. I'm sure that would feel great. You're sitting sent in your third, fourth time you're sent down into the sand, but she is very smart by just being like confident, slowly being like, yeah, you're right. And guess what? I don't know if you noticed, but like, that's not how any champions I know actually got to being champions and is slowly working him to be like, everything you're saying is true next time. Maybe, maybe you follow that gut. Maybe follow that intuition. Maybe you come on over to our side where our half of the house is. And maybe we get one of those numbers that's still kind of showing fealty to that core group uh, led by Michelle and Jay. And maybe you come on over here and uh, you actually are in a group that has done the math and hasn't overpromised and only has a group size that equals the size that could possibly go into a final. Then we get to the part of the episode that we all came for. Everyone showed up tonight for one single thing. Cara Maria. We were told, well, we knew, we've known for a long time that she was on this season. She's one of the champs. We assumed, I certainly assumed, that she would be the second to last champ shown. After last week, we got Laurel. I was like, it's going to be Brad. And then there's one woman left. There's one man left. We got Cara. We got CT. Boom, boom. Let's do it. So I was fully expecting Brad, but then we find that, you know, 36 hours in advance, they start promoting Kara's back on all the challenge social channels. So we knew going in, um, I, and I get that they, they want to hype this up and it ultimately, it, it doesn't matter because they knew what they had on their hands. They knew the outcome and like what the scene was going to be in the whole thing. It has been a little annoying the last two weeks where I would going into the episode, not know the whole thing is like, they don't know. Is it going to be a man's day? Is it women's day? Could be anything. TJ's not telling you till after the daily. 
But like we know when we're watching, because we're most of us, a lot of us, like me, are super online. Uh, and so we were very aware of all the promotional videos of Car is back. Tune in for Car Maria, same last week. Tune in for Laurel. And it was like, okay, well, you did ruin that one little bit of suspense during the episode, but it's fine. It's worth it because we get Car Maria and I wanted Car Maria and I was so excited and I got myself all hyped up. Now, I got all hyped up to watch her kick some ass. Um, I was not prepared for her to come out and out Jordan and out Laurel, Jordan and Laurel, as far as talking shit and having fun and being chaotic and giving monologues and being like, TJ, we can, hold on, could I ask some questions? Could we just talk some? It's not in the script or whatever. It's not, you're telling me to do a thing, but now we're going to have a little conversation. We're going to ask some people some questions. We're just going to have some fun. I didn't totally expect that from her. It was amazing. I love her so much. I, like the rest of you, can't fathom why we haven't seen All-Star 4 yet. It is possible, by the way, that we've now the last seven days, two weeks, two episodes, whatnot, Laurel and Car Maria. One of those two could could be, um, um, they're already, uh, only Car is a multi-time champion. Laurel's actually not a multi-time champion, is she? Um, it, there's a possibility that one of them is the All-Stars 4 champion, and we just don't even get to know it in this instance when that had already been filmed and this, you know, then filmed afterwards. But I don't know why we haven't seen All-Stars 4. I can't freaking wait for it whenever they're going to finally possibly give it to us. But uh, Cara's the best. She's an icon. She's she's everything. I love her so, so, so much. Now, there's a big but coming to that. We'll get to it in just one moment because she calls out Michelle. Obviously, that's that's the big, you know, big moment of the episode here. She calls out Michelle. She pulls the chaos. She has a great time, but then she calls out Michelle. She also doesn't use Michelle's name, same as Laurel last week, is just the girl wearing the color, and uh, which is just fantastic. And she says it's because, well, in the moment, she says, you know, she asks her first who would you say of the three girls standing next to you? And Michelle's like, I'm not saying any of their names. And she's like, well, I guess you just said yourself, um, which is fun and just fantastic from Kara. Um, but also just like, Michelle's not just gonna be like, you're right. I would say one of my best friends standing next to me. Good call, Kara. Thanks for asking. Like, that's not going to happen either. So she then says though in confessional that Polly told her that the Michelle girls, a little bit of a snake, from his time on USA 2 with her, which I already don't remember USA 2. There's been so much challenge in the last 12 months. I don't remember any of it. Polly was out relatively early. I love Polly to death. I don't remember if Michelle did anything to him or if it was just the general vibe of the house and the general vibe of most cast members right now that Michelle and Jay to the vets are looked at as kind of snaky, kind of flaky, Part of that maybe because they've acted snaky and flaky in seasons with them, especially like on Ride or Dies where they just couldn't get their operation in order. Part of it might just be, wow, MTV finally is kind of putting forward a new, a new, some new people as faces of this franchise and we don't love it. Could be a little bit of that too, but uh, that's the mostly the reason that Michelle gets targeted here. But it is also a symptom of the format of this game you know, Michelle is in sitting pretty as far as the cast, as they start to say throughout this episode, you know, when you get cast with all of your friends, as I think it's Corey and Raven, when they're talking and Corey's like, you know, you, did you play a great social game or did you get invited to a season where it's just you and all of your friends and you can easily run the house? That's true. But the thing that turns against you then is this champs element then works worst for a Michelle or potentially for a Jay 
who the whole house can be like, if you get chaos, those are the ones running things. Those are the ones everyone here is kind of like, wait a minute, they're at the top. If you pull chaos, you should pick one of the top people. Go for them. So it works a little bit both ways, given the format. And it obviously works against Michelle here. She gets called out. And now is where the big but comes in to earlier. Where? Again, love Cara Maria. It's a puzzle that they play. I know they. it's a puzzle, but it's also a CrossFit workout, okay? It's a CrossFit workout with a little puzzle at the end and a pretty easy puzzle at the end at that. Anyone complaining that they didn't give her Cara Maria a headbanger or that they gave Michelle a puzzle, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was an embarrassing loss for Cara Maria. It was an embarrassing loss, and that isn't saying anything negative about Michelle. It's purely when they set this up and they said what the game was and it's Cara versus Michelle, I'm like, wait a minute. Cara is going to get those blocks onto her board in no time. No time. As she says herself in the confessional, this is just like a morning CrossFit workout for me. Are you kidding me? Just roll these blocks over there through the sand? No problem. And Michelle, as we see, struggles to move them. And it's, it, it is difficult, but Cara is a freaking beast of an athlete, so it's not that difficult for her. And so... She should have had a huge lead and she should have been able to win this. Okay. It's an embarrassing loss for one of my favorite challengers of all time. Timmy Baggy is my number one favorite challenger of all time. Tyler Duckworth is my number two. After that, there's a big group of people vying for if I had to fill out a top three or a top five. Car Maria is in that group of people, which is, I don't know, maybe like between three and seven people. Okay. So Car Maria is one of my absolute favorite challengers of all time. She's one of my absolute favorite people who's been on the show ever. Like I just love the human being that she is. She is one of, if not the best female player of all time. She is the goat in that half of the game, potentially in my mind. I love her. I have been pounding the table as hard as anyone else. And we all have been doing so in unison. It's not like I'm the only one. I'm one of all of us that has been doing so, but I have been doing so over the course of the last couple of years of please, please, please get her back. Why is she not being cast? Why are we being, you know, why are some of these things that would so obviously be better by her being there, not having her there, the whole thing, but it's nine pieces of a very basic puzzle. And you should be able to get to that puzzle way in advance of Michelle in this CrossFit workout and be able to figure this puzzle out and get this win. So Michelle smokes the puzzle is super impressive in that respect, lives up to the reputation in that respect, and has to get credit for being able to dig deep and move those things around. Because again, it's not easy. Car Maria made it look easy moving them the times we get to see her moving them because Car Maria is a freaking unbelievable beast of an athlete, okay? And so all the props in the world to Michelle, loved it, what a moment. I do though think that like Car Maria should have won this and I it makes me question... I don't know. It, it makes me question as I have been with basically all the champions that have lost of like, how, how invested are you? How much does 10 grand when you might be getting paid that or more to have come done the appearance in the first place? How much is it really motivating you? How much are you maybe incentivized to kind of put some of these people over to use that wrestling phrase again, that we've used a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. Um, if nothing else, start cheating off of Michelle, use that, that move of like, I can move these pieces faster. So I'm going to kind of watch what you're doing and I'll try to copy it and try to just copy it faster. I don't know. But anyways, Michelle's victory, real moment for the show.
happens to the perfect person. They have clearly tried to put her front and center. They've cast her on, you know, all the shows pop, you know, back to back to back here, Ryder dies USA two, and now bow for the new champion. She's wonderful. You know how I feel about her. Clearly I'm a fan. She's my favorite. It's even better for the show that I feel the way I do. And some others feel the same as me, but that a lot of people feel the exact opposite. It's she's polarizing for sure. In the fandom community, you see as many <laughs> memes and tweets and things on Instagram and everything else and on podcasts and write-ups and the rest. Bro, Michelle, as you do, I'm so annoyed or sick of her and Jay and the whole thing. That's great for the show. You want polarizing. And as long as it's a pretty even balance, which I think it is, I'm not not 100% sure, but I think it kind of is. And uh, yeah, it's it's great. And if you are one of those people that's annoyed by her, this is perfect for the show because you're going to continue to get annoyed by her continuing to rise to the top here. And if you love her like I do, you couldn't have celebrated more for her dancing on top of those puzzle pieces after knocking out Cara Maria of all people a week after she got tried to get called out by Laurel but wasn't allowed within the rules of the game to have to be forced to go against Laurel. She's beat red afterwards, which is adorable. Melts my heart how clearly just excited and like, this this woman's been on reality TV a lot, okay? So for her to have a moment that leaves her, like she is beat red, beat red afterwards when TJ's talking to her and everything. You can tell she like knows like, oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And the cameras are rolling and this is on TV and the whole thing, like, oh my God. And for someone who's one survivor and everything else, like, yeah, you could tell what that moment meant and what she was feeling in that moment. It was great. So love Michelle, love that moment for her. Kind of feel like Cara Maria really dropped the ball there, not being able to put that puzzle together, but whatever. It gave us this moment, and so I'm happy for that. Can't wait to see Cara come back, kick some ass on All-Stars 4, and I hope to see Cara Maria on every season the rest of the history of the challenge. Please and thank you. Now for the awards here, we've got first best quote and I've got at least two nominees here. Let me scroll back through my list. I forgot to write down any and every nominee. So let me scroll back through. First up, we've got Michelle. <laughs> kind of a moment, kind of a quote. We'll put it up for both categories. But going into the Daily Challenge, talking to her team in the little team confessional, quote, trust is the foundation of this group. And there's so much trust happening, end quote, after the long back and forth about are you going to sabotage? Are you not going to sabotage the whole thing? Next up quote came from Ed, ever seen me and Batman in the same room? No, you haven't. So I might be a superhero and quote, love Ed, you know that by now. And then two more nominees later from the nominations portion, three nominees actually, basically from the nominations portion of the episode. Michelle, again, tensions are high. Where is the Xanax? Everyone in this house needs a chill pill. Next nominee from Corey, who says, voting for you, Raven, because I'm a pussy, referenced it earlier, but I just appreciated him just being like, you know what, let's just actually say the real reason I'm voting for you or the real feelings that, you know, that I'm ascribing to why I'm voting for you right now, and I appreciated that. And then Raven coming back on top of that later, saying to Corey, quote, champions aren't pussies, end quote. I just, I just love, love, love. Raven, you could add in here everything Cara Maria says, all of it, the whole words, all every every word out of her mouth prior to the start of the actual elimination itself. But out of all of those, I don't know. It's and you know what? 
because Cara Marie can't win MVP of the episode. So I will give Cara Maria the unexpected quote of the week. As for moment, let's be real. The winner of the moment of the episode is Cara Maria being chaotic and eventually pick, getting the choice and getting to pick Michelle. All of that, all of that, all of that is so wonderful. We'll add in that, you know, Corey and Raven having that conversation after the nominations, as we said, uh, the entire, you know, Michelle and her team before the daily challenge, both of the interactions, you know, where it got a little, a little bit, uh, you know, uh, a little upset between Narice and Olivia, uh, not coming up with the proper word there, but you know, where the tension started to really show up and where they kind of started having words for each other. Both of those definitely, all of that is nominated. There was a lot of great moments throughout this episode, but uh, yeah, oh, to, to just say the quote, I, I didn't say it earlier, but Olivia with the, he's such a taker and he's selfish, right? But my feelings are still valid. So use your brain, come on. That was her responses to Narice when Narice tried to defend her guy, Horacio. So uh, yeah, those were, those were great moments, but nothing compares to the entire, the entire arena. Michelle's victory, plus Cara calling her out and just the whole performance Cara Maria put on. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. So joint award, Michelle and Cara Maria. As for the episode MVP, Cara put up a strong argument that I should get rid of my, you, the, the champs can only get honorable mention. Can they can either earn that or not, whether they do their job and they're entertaining or not. She put up a strong argument that I should just say, fuck it and give Cara Maria the MVP of this episode. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stand by the rules I made in advance of the season. And she does get the honorable mention because obviously she was awesome in every single way. She just won the other two awards. But if she's out of the running, Corey gets some votes. The trio of Horacio, Olivia, Norris gets some votes. Raven, as always, the last couple episodes gets some votes. But as you probably could have expected, the winner of the MVP for this episode is my personal favorite, Michelle. We wrap it up with the power rankings, which had a little bit of a change over here as we head into next episode. And we do expect to finally get this evenly divided house and maybe some different names being said than have been said before. On the women's side, Raven and Zara stand at the top. They escaped again. They got through it again. They're both still there. And uh, I just think they're they're the two I would pick to win a final of all of these women. And uh, so they're near the top. And now I feel like they're going to be able to flip it and not be the names being said for the next couple of female eliminations, which we've got at least two weeks without them. We've got Brad and then we've got CT. So we've got back-to-back -back male eliminations coming up and we've probably got back-to-back -back men leaving the game to be, if we're being honest, depending on the matchups, but probably. So Ravens are number one, number two, Michelle three, Colleen moves up to fourth, Narice drops a little bit to fifth, Mariah, Olivia, Berna. I just, maybe Berna should even be above Olivia and Mariah. I feel like those two are suddenly going to be the ones targeted. I feel like Norris, while it didn't quite happen yet, it's slowly starting to happen of like, wait a minute, is she actually the one most perfectly aligned with everyone in the house? Should we be a little concerned about that? So she drops down to touch. That's why Colleen and Michelle move up a little bit. But Ravens are chilling at the top. On the men's side, Horacio stays number one. He could get called out next week or the week after that, very likely. But he just, I, I've started to come around to the idea that he really would dominate a final in a way over everyone else in this cast. And so if he gets there, he's got to be the odds on favorite to win. So he stays number one. Corey moves up to number two. 
Emmanuel drops from two to three, Ed from three to four. Kylan moves up to five. Jay drops from five to six. James moves up to seven. Asaf drops all the way to the bottom of the list. Let me explain these movements here. Corey moves up because I think he actually, weirdly, there's a couple of the folks that are in the middle that are slowly, as the tide turns, they're going to still kind of wind up in the middle, if not more firmly in the new alliance. And that's why I've got Corey and Emmanuel where I do. And I really just think they're, I think they're very safe. At this point, um, and especially Corey too, like has the the I don't think anyone's calling him out with the chaos. Like maybe if it's some endurance related thing, they'd be like, okay, Corey or James, the bigger guy, but probably not any endurance related eliminations left. So I'm guessing like a CT wouldn't be like, let me have the other big guy if they're gonna give me a headbanger or whatever. Probably gonna he's gonna pick Jay and it's gonna be hilarious. Um, but so he's there, and then Jay falls because I think Jay's now going to be on the chopping block. I think Asaf's going to be on the chopping block if he's found out for playing these both sides because somehow they don't realize that yet, but hats off to him for that fact. Um, and then I still have James near the bottom because even though I think he might end up getting by a vote or two now, I just I just see no way he can win the final with the endurance that we saw from them before, but maybe I could be surprised. As for predictions, I have still yet to lose any of my updated finalists or winners picks, because since I have made them, no one has actually gone home. So, you know, pat on the back for me, uh, even if that's not very impressive. Still think Jay's going to go against CT. We're waiting on that prediction. Last week, I said Brad would face Emmanuel, and uh, Brad wasn't here because they did back-to-back women's, uh, bringing in Cara Maria. So sticking with that next week, Brad will be here because that's just factual. We know that basically for for true it would be insane if they brought out ct and then made brad last and brad would be like wait a minute like respectfully i'm awesome uh but like ct's supposed to be the last one right so brad's coming next week if he pulls chaos if he pulls chaos brad will pick Horacio. mark it down mark it down because brad i, I exactly what would happen and again as always no spoilers here i have not had any spoilers I just know Brad pretty well now, like not personally or anything, but just consumed a lot of him at Challenge Manias, on podcasts, on the show itself, everything else. Feel like I got a good a good read on his character. And I am confident, so confident that if Brad pulled the chaos, he would look around and he would he he stays in the know on all this stuff. He knows Horacio's, you know, hot shit around these parts and kind of the new, the new it guy as far as like athlete competitor part of it goes. Brad would be like, I'm calling out Horacio because I want to go against the best player in the house. That is the honorable thing to do. I want the best player. Horacio, come on down here. That would happen. Will he pull the chaos stick? I do not know. But uh, I, I think somehow he ends up facing Manuel. I'm going to stick with that prediction. It just makes sense for some reason. And I don't totally know why, but just those two in an arena together, just it makes a lot of sense to me. Horacio and Olivia will officially break up friendship-wise, kind of more or less uh, there. So that's another prediction. And then third and final prediction zara and raven are going to be off we're going to get a club scene and i can just picture it now zara and raven off in a corner having a drink sipping on a cocktail giggling looking around pointing snickering just realizing we survived the part where everyone threw us in threw us in threw us in said our name said our name and now we've got the power and we're just going to sit back and chill and talk some shit and be queens and it's gonna be great. And I can't wait. And I just, I know that scene's gonna play out next week. I can see it. And I think we're gonna get to see it actually in real life next week on the show. So those are your predictions, your awards, all the opinions, all the everything. That is B-Fank episode number 12. 
Har Maria's return. Can't wait for All Stars four. Please, please don't make it. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. We've got I think another two months left. I think this is going to be at least twenty episodes. So like two more months of this. But like have them overlap. Who cares? Bring it on. All Stars four. We've waited over a year now. A year since they filmed that shit. The longest ever by like double, according to challenge stats, I think. And uh, yeah, we need it. Uh, it was great to see her briefly. It was fantastic to see my favorite Michelle get put over the top with this win. All great stuff. B-Fank episode 12. Big, big old A. Maybe not an A+. Maybe I'll think about that after the fact. Maybe it might get to an A+. Big fat A. Fantastic episode. I really like this season. I hope that you out there listening do too. That's all for tonight. We'll be back next week. Again, BFank recaps all that you got throughout January. So just once a week. So have a great weekend. Have a great start to your next week. Be safe. Thanks for being here. Love you. Appreciate you. Till next time. Peace.